Today in Science from Wired. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Palo Alto Networks has the broadest, most comprehensive cybersecurity for private cloud, public cloud, and SaaS environments because secure clouds are happy clouds. Protect yours today at go.paloaltonetworks.com slash secure clouds. Let's do the physics of knocking an asteroid into the sun by Rhett Alain. I don't know how to start this analysis without a spoiler. I can try setting it up with a generic physics question, but if you're behind on the excellent sci-fi program The Expanse, you may want to walk away and do something else, like learn why flying at light speed is pretty much impossible unless you're hand solo. Are you still with me? Okay, here's the problem. I've got a spaceship orbiting the sun somewhere in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter, and I want to destroy some other asteroid. Maybe the best way to obliterate an asteroid is to just push it into the sun. So could I crash this spacecraft into the asteroid to knock it into the sun? Yes, it is a pretty tough problem, but I can break it down into three parts. Travelling to the asteroid, colliding with the asteroid, and the resulting trajectory of the asteroid. Before getting started, though, I must make some assumptions. I'll use estimated values from the expanse because they've already done the work. First, the asteroid is Eros. Now, it follows a circular orbit around the Sun. Well, not technically true, but it's close enough, with an orbital radius of 1.5 AU, where 1 AU, or astronomical unit, is the distance from the Sun to the Earth. Eros has a mass of about 6.7 times 10 to the 15 kilograms. The spacecraft is the Nauvoo, a large ship designed for interstellar travel. It's basically a cylinder with a radius of 0.25 kilometers and a length of 2 kilometers. Its starting orbital distance is 2.5 AU. The Nauvoo has a lot of empty space, so I'll estimate its density at 100 kilograms over M3. Using the volume of a cylinder, I get a mass of 4 times 10 to the 10 kilograms, which is pretty massive for a spaceship. And now I need one final estimate, the thrust of the Nauvoo. With humans aboard, I'd guess you'd want an acceleration of 1G. However, the ship is empty for this mission, so figure it can accelerate at 2Gs. That's it for the starting assumptions. Now for the physics. Part 1, travelling to Eros. Now, I planned to make a numerical model to compute the trajectory and impact speed for Nauvoo. But I won't, because it just so happens that orbital mechanics is pretty complicated. You can't simply say, point the spaceship toward Eros and fire the engines. For the best collision with Eros, you want the spaceship to strike head-on. 
If Eros follows a circular orbit with a radius of 1.5 AU, it would have a speed of about 24,000 metres per second. Nauvoo is travelling at around 19,000 metres a second. So could the Nauvoo achieve an orbital speed of 24,000 in the opposite orbital direction for the best collision? Well, with an acceleration of 2G, you'd actually need only a little more than 30 minutes to go from 19,000 metres a second in one direction to 24,000 in the opposite direction. Yeah, that seems crazy to me too, but I'll go with it. A head-on collision between Eros and the Nauvoo with each travelling 24,000 metres a second. Which brings us to part two, the collision. Now, I could, of course, do a simple one-dimensional inelastic collision between the Nauvoo and Eros in which they basically stick together. Actually, that's a great case for an exam question, but I want to do better than that. Instead, I will create something more realistic. A collision that is partly elastic, momentum but not kinetic energy is conserved, and it won't quite be in one dimension. I could write this out on paper, but I have created a numerical calculation because it just looks cool. So how do you model a collision? The basic idea is to let the two objects act like springs. When those objects are closer than the sum of their size, so that they overlap, you get a spring force pushing them apart. The more they overlap, the greater the spring force. Better yet, I can make this an inelastic collision by using a smaller spring constant when the two objects are moving away from each other. I went over the details of such a collision before. And for the collision itself, I have the Nauvoo heading straight toward Eros, but they aren't lined up exactly center to center. So I ran a calculation to see how the collision will look. Note that Eros is spherical, which is technically wrong, but close enough, and the Nauvoo is tiny in comparison. When you run the program, it prints out the change in vector velocity for Eros, and it turns out it's minuscule. The problem is that Eros is something like 10,000 times more massive than the Nauvoo. Though the Nauvoo and Eros will experience the same magnitude for the change in momentum, Eros's mass means a tiny change in velocity. Even if the Nauvoo was travelling at a speed 100 times greater, it still wouldn't do much. Which brings us to part three, crashing into the sun. Now, since the Nauvoo wouldn't significantly change the velocity of Eros, this part just seems silly, but it's not going to stop me from pondering it. I should note that I've modelled the physics of crashing into the sun before. You might think crashing into the sun would be easy, but no. Instead of using the change in velocity from my collision calculation, I assume some super awesome collision gives Eros a change in velocity with a magnitude of 10,000 meters per second in some direction, which seems generous. Anyway, now I'll model the two impacts. The first results in a change in velocity directly toward the sun. The second will result in merely slowing Eros down. I model something showing the two impacts and an undisturbed orbit for comparison. And what happens? Well, you might be surprised to realize that pushing Eros toward the sun actually makes it go farther away from the sun. Your best option to slow Eros down, but unless you bring it almost to a stop, it simply isn't going to crash into the sun. Which I guess is just as well, because in the end, the Nauvoo didn't even collide with Eros. Oops. Spoiler. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.